Eating is an emotional experience, which is why managing your weight needs to be a psychological one. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What's up? Welcome to episode number 389 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by the shocked Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing? What is happening? Yes. I, I'm shocked that there have been so many ridiculous seven in earned run plus games so far allowed by starting pitchers, especially nine by Sandy Alcantara tonight in mm. four innings. Yeah. Absolutely shocked. Absolutely shocked. It's, it's just oh, yeah. it, it, complete game shutout. Last time out against the Twins, he does this. Is he the most premier cherry bomb fast? Is that what's happening right now? I guess so. I mean, it looks like, too, that maybe uh, maybe I was just looking to see how you Darvish did tonight, too. Did he end up giving up? Yeah, he did. He ended up giving up five, but that was six and a third. How is that a 7-11 ERA? How is that even? Is that a 7-11 ERA? Uh, yeah, anyway. uh, no. Yes. No, yes. It's underneath it six. Six would be nine because it's six innings. Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. It has been. It, there's been a lot of peaks and valleys. Obviously, you don't want to ruin ruin the SP roundup tomorrow, but there's definitely going to be plenty for you to write about tonight because it was kind of yeah. a kind of a wonky day. Some right good, on. some bad. Andrew Heaney cruising through four innings with a career high seventeen whiffs through four. Uh, but yeah, a lot of a lot of also not great and shocked to to see it. Yeah, so I uh, you're saying that of Andrew Heaney. Everyone knows the actual result by now, but we'll see what the fifth and sixth hold for him. That's true. Uh, That's after true. what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll look like a pure thing. Heaney fashion. Going up um, against the Royals, though. But but what are we doing today, Fast? What's going on? Well, today we're breaking down the top 100. And there's, uh, uh, you know, I'm excited because we're pretty much going to skip like 1 through 20 almost because there's no movement in the top 21 whatsoever. Yeah. So can you no. talk, you know, essentially talk us through 1 through 18, which is tiers 1, 2, and 3. And then we'll get into, I'll do the, the I'll introduce what the category is for this week. But walk us through why there were no changes up until tier 5. Right. So it makes a lot of sense. It's too early to really change everything when it comes to these aces because we all know they're very good and you're going to hold them through the entire season and i can't really tell you at this point that there's anything dramatically different about them that would justify me shifting them so much so i'm just holding it right now and i generally do this at the beginning of the year i don't really make any changes to the top 20 safer little tweaks here and there i uh, until about i don't know the end of april or so and i felt like this being the real first edition of the list I felt like it wasn't the right time to do it. That said, I mean, last week I did Dylan Cease, right? I changed that one uh, slightly. It's the only one I think I changed in the top eight. And I still feel good about that one. But that's, yeah, nothing, nothing actually changed in the top 21. But I think 19, 20, 21 is actually a little bit interesting. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, aside from maybe Cole, who's already number one there's been volatility up and down the board burns volatility with his velocity alcantara a complete game shutout what? right yeah 
uh, a complete game shutout and then getting nine runs. Shane McClanahan did not look good, really. I mean, he was fine against the Nats, but really poor command, really not great to see. Not Woodruff has game, been yeah, consistent. Definitely. Yeah, in that second game, Woodruff, some consistency, which has been good to see. Jacob deGrom started off poorly and then dominated the Baltimore Orioles. Max Scherzer had some weirdness, but looked pretty good against San Diego tonight. Dylan Cease, the defense. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if you watched his game. What, what is now yesterday yeah, when you're listening to this? Yeah, it was, was, was absolutely. It was brutal, it was absolutely yeah. brutal. You Darvish, a little volatility going into the later innings against the Mets tonight. Shane Bieber settled down really well after giving up, I believe, two in the first inning against the Yankees. So, like you said, a lot of these guys, you look at them, and aside from maybe one or two, two or three, there have been few where you're like, wow, Ace is going to Ace. This is great. They're, they're really dominating. Um, so let's start things off with, with Tier 4 then. This is going to be 19 through 21. The category is, I sent this to you a little bit earlier. You commented that you wanted this to forgotten. be a little bit more abstract. <laughs> so here it is, a little more abstract. It's like things you would say to a waiter mm, and, right. and uh, to a server, right? And it could be anything. It's like, to me, my example that I gave Nick earlier was like, where it's like, you kind of want the check, but you don't want to be that jerk who like stands up and like does the scribble gesture. You know what I mean? So it's like, what do you like? Do you make eye contact with them? Do you like, what do you do there? So that's what the category is going to be today. This is tier four, 19 through 21. Alec Manoa, Framber Valdez, Zach Gallen. What's it called? And why is it called that? Oh, man. What, how many different things can we do to a server? I don't know. A uh, lot. This is plenty. <laughs> you want an abstract. Um, you got it. Yeah, this is this is just the um, they're handing you the menu mm -hmm. and you're smiling and you have excitement, but you don't know exactly if it's going to be everything you want. Menu at a new place. Yeah. Menu at a new place is what yeah, you're kind of saying. Feeling yeah, it's that feeling of when you're getting, receiving the menu there. You know, you've been heard all the recommendations. You know, mm -hmm. you get you've walked in, you see the place, you think you like it. You, you've been told this is great. And you're getting the menu and you smile to the waiter. Mm. Okay. That yeah, I can. Here. I guess I can go ahead and get behind that. Now we we already kind of covered this a little bit, but Alec Manoa, another perfect example where he comes out against St. Louis and it's five and runs over three and a third uh, with with two walks and three Ks. I'm like, oh, okay. And then what does he do? He comes out against Kansas City and he gives you the 28% CSW. Not great. He also gives you still some really poor velocity. Okay, so there's two things I want to hear. One, how concerned are you about Alec Manoa? And two, someone asked me a really interesting question on Twitter, okay? And I want you to answer because I want to get your perspective. And they might, if they're a listener, they might get a kick out of it. Someone panic dropped Alec Manoa in this uh, Twitter's, uh, play, this this person's league. He wanted to know, uh -huh. I've got a $1,000 fab budget. What yeah. should I spend? So tell me tell me what you think about Manoa and how much you would spend on $1,000 on Manoa. I don't know, $550? Something I said like forty that? to fifty percent as well. Yeah, I did the same. Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah. Look, I, I understand why some are afraid of Manoa, and yeah, that could be fab. That is just you know the the left side of the stack of money in the dark night. But uh, it, it's, I think that Manoa, even at the lower velocity, we've seen him have success. He actually did well in that game, um, despite the lower velocity. Mm -hmm. I think from a stuff standpoint, he's still really good. The forcing we still gets whiffs. The slider has gotten whiffs. And the sinker, when it's working, it defies PLV, essentially. Um, the winning ball club as well will go six plus innings constantly. Alec Mano is still very good. The question is, how is he going to develop through this year? He's also very young. This is his third year. And what he did in 2022 isn't 
saying that maybe that was a peak and normally that doesn't happen in your second season or necessarily peak. But I, I think that he's a very, very good bet to be a insanely productive fantasy player this year. Is he an ace at the moment? No, we have some worries. I actually made it so that 19, 20, 21 do not have the AGA label on purpose. Um, I like having my tiers separated by AGA guys. So Manoa, I'm still very much in on, and I would be getting him, of course, if someone dropped him, but I do recognize that there are some concerns right now. Let's move on to tier five, because there's one guy here I'm genuinely excited to talk about, as I believe are you. It's 22, 23, and 24. Uh, Jesus Lizardo, Freddy Peralta, and Clayton Kershaw. Freddy Peralta, our largest riser here, up 11. What's it called, and why is it called that? This is uh, the waiter asking if you want dessert. And mm-hmm. your eyes light up because you know how sweet that can be. But there's sometimes it's like, should you really? Should you really? And perfect. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, that's that's perfect, especially because of the person I want to talk about in Freddie Peralta. Because I was listening to the Plus Pitch podcast a little while ago when you were talking about Peralta. And you're like, man, I can't believe it. I should have ranked him with Clayton Kershaw at the beginning of the year. And that is very apt, right? Because you're right. There is a, You know he's going to perform well, uh, but it's just a matter of innings, especially now that he's healthy. And man... The, the the uptick in velocity really across the board throwing you know 95 95 with a four seamer um if you guys uh, the, the player pages and the game logs are back up and it is an even better resource right now so you guys need to go check that out because you can see the uptick in percentage start over start yes. and i can just go there right away and see oh man he threw his change up seven percent more just 14 percent, pretty significant you have to love what he did i mean sure there were a few curveballs that were a little middle middle and were just absolutely hung but he threw 12 of them. Um, Yeah, he didn't get any whiffs on it. It really doesn't matter. There were two balls in play. They both resulted in outs, so whatever. But the four seams, I mean, we're talking, baby. We're talking about the Imperial ship. It's back. The Imperial ship is is making a return. Because Fast wants this to be a thing, but he can't. Why? Because he doesn't even know what it's called. He gets it wrong every single time. What's it called? And why is it called that, Fast? the imperial oh. ship what's it called not called the peri- imperial ship no. what is that ship called <laughs> what's this ship called? i'm googling it right now what's that's the a imperial quick thing shuttle you... the imperial shuttle, shuttle thank you it's the imperial oh, shuttle fast oh man if someone can find me a better name than the imperial shuttle i'll take it but we're talking about what a guy elevates with essentially yeah, a four sure, the rainbow goes... prism you want that there you go the rainbow prism no, yeah you, you throw all the things into it and they all work and it's beautiful and, and nah, no 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 vetoed uh, but either way, we, we saw. At least we I saw, know what my thing is called. <laughs> Mine's better though. Uh, <laughs> we saw the six innings and one earned run, three walks and seven Ks against a very potent offense. That's now back to back offenses that he has done considerably well against. What are you thinking about Freddie Peralta? I think Freddie Peralta is someone I rank too low. Um, he is his skill set is just so good, and every time he pitches, it lowers his injury chance because it's less and less time for him to get hurt. Also, him having the higher velocity does indicate to me that the shoulder is better than it was before. Sure. Now, that doesn't mean it's necessarily going to hold up. But, you know, the last time I, f- I remember being this concerned about someone's shoulder and uh, they were that good, but I stayed away and I regretted it was Carlos Rodon. And I remember correcting that before the season started. And I should have done that with this one, but I didn't. And now I'm I'm fixing it because I kind of realized like Clint Kershaw I have here and we don't expect more than 130 innings from him. Then why yeah. is it really that many fewer innings I'm expecting from Peralta and he's looking this good right now? I, I just couldn't do that. Um, there is one other guy in this tier at 22 that I don't think that you agree with. And that's Jesus Lazardo. 
Um, yeah, I mean, listen, he had a fantastic start last time out. I mean, just like last year, we saw some really scary command concerns in his first start, and then he settled down into his second concern. The argument wasn't necessarily for me that it it was that he doesn't have the stuff. It's again, I just don't know what kind of innings we're going to get out of Jesus Cesardo. And whereas Freddie Peralta has shown, a, a, I think, a longer track record with having that kind of success, um, Jesus Cesardo just kind of scares me because I think he does have... Well, no, I don't want to say he has those cherry bomb tendencies because I think he can mitigate contact when um, uh, when he does allow all those runners on base, and that's great, right? Because he can he can lose his command every once in a while. I'm I'm listen. We gotta wait and see, right? I'm not gonna take any victory laps on. You can't take any victory laps on guys this early. I can't take any victory laps this early. There's there's plenty to see, but that start was fantastic from him. He's fourth in CSW so far this year, sixteenth in strikeout percentage. Fifth hardest fastball in the majors, Jesus Lazardo. Um, fourth in XERA. Um, sixth best among all starting pitchers at mitigating hard contact at under 15% thus far. He's done really well. And you think, oh, Nick, he must be going against weak teams. He went against the Mets and the Twins. Um, I This is everything we want to see out of Jesus Lazardo. He got seven whiffs on the breaking ball, seven whiffs on the changeup, six on the four-seamer, throwing more four-seamers than sinkers. He's throwing them at 97 in not 96 or 95. This is the best version of Jesus Lazardo. We're seeing it right now. And the only question at this point is health, but he's pitching this well. And it's, you know, it's not a guarantee that he gets hurt like everyone else. Right. So yeah, I have to put him up this high um, 18% swing strike rate so far through, through two games. Obviously this is incredibly small sample, but anyone that had Jesus Lazardo last year kind of knows, wait a second. Across 18 starts last year, Jesus Lazardo had a 3.32 E rate, a 104 WHIP, and a 30% K rate. Uh, it's not so out completely out of left field that he's this good. So um, I'm I'm digging this right now, and uh, I'm I feel good wherever I have him. Okay, let's move on to tier six here, 25 through 29. Uh, Drew Rasmussen, Jeffrey Springs, Nick Lodolo, Pablo Lopez, and Nestor Cortez. What's it called, and why is it called that? This. Um, is the lunch special that you are uh, that you're ordering and you're interacting with the waiter and you go, um, oh man, I know it's 305, uh, but can I, I know it says the lunch special only goes to three o'clock, um, but can I please, can I please have it still? And they go, for you, honey, no problem. Well, there he is. Yeah. Every I, I I don't know I, I think you might have only been to one restaurant in your entire life because every that was person a different voice that's a different voice that's actually literally I'm I'm doing an impression of the wonderful people that I grew up with at the ninth Seventh uh, Avenue Donut Luncheonette Rhonda oh. and Terry mm. and they knew me Beautiful. my name they would give me um uh I don't gosh a bear claw because no one would buy them I guess um when I would go over they're like hey you go honey. You know, like, here you go. You want a cheeseburger with onion rings? And I guess I do. Thank you so much. Oh, you're the best, Ronda. I was like, oh, he's skigging. You know, I miss them. Terrible. <laughs> he's skiing. He's up in the Hamptons. That's um, a legitimate story. I remember. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt skiing. it. Yeah. Um, it's funny because right in the middle, uh, right in the uh, shout out to our boy Asif, uh, who was, uh, who texted me in the uh, middle of that conversation because uh, he was, very excited about the Orioles. Um, oh, yeah, Shafiq sends me every single time they win the yeah. Orioles flag. You know, the, the you're about to get Royal another win. one. And then what I sent him, oh, I already got it. What I send him is, "Where's the flag?" When he plays the Yankees, 
that's right. That's right. That was a tough series. Um, I w- I'm curious about the rankings of, of Rasmussen and Jeffrey Springs back to back. A lot of fun guys in this tier. Rasmussen. Well, okay. Springs started. I mean, all we could talk about was that first start against Detroit, right? Unbelievable. No one runs one walk 12 Ks over six. Comes back out. Another super weak team but dominates again, seven innings pitch, three Ks, I mean, three walks, excuse me, seven Ks on 89 pitches again. So still fewer than 90 pitches. But by then, I think they were likely up pretty significantly. So they said, why are we going to waste any waste any bullets here? Um, so what are you thinking about Jeffrey Springs and why are they back to back and why is Springs below Rasmussen? Rasmussen's PLV is 11th best among us all, all starting pitchers and mm. his hard contact is second best so far. Um, Rasmussen I, is more believable to me as actually have doing something new and getting rewarded for it. The cutter locations have been wonderful as they've been down 25% swing strike rate thus far with it. I think this is kind of real what he's doing with with the cutter. Um, it's just a new experience that we're seeing with it. Well, the four seamer is elevating well, and he's essentially doing the, four, the Blake Snell blueprint, just four seamer cutter. Um, and it's really, really cool to see that. Uh, Jeffrey Springs, I think, has a weakness in his, uh, against lefties still. And I think his results are a little bit more weighed because it was against Detroit and uh, the Athletics. Obviously, Drew Rasmussen had uh, favorable matchups as well against the Nationals and the Athletics. Um, But it does seem a little bit more like this is Drew Rasmussen, the hard contact mitigator, who also has unlocked this extra element to get strikeouts. And I feel like Rasmussen is the way to go. Um, He's also the guy on your team, and I'm really upset about it. Um, Mm. And uh, yes, I know you had him at like 30 or something the preseason. So, you, you yeah, I was ready for that one. Thank you. I was very excited about him. I'm very glad to see that he's performing well. There's one other person that I was relatively excited about who's in this tier, and we're going to talk about him right after this break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Most weight loss programs are short-term fixes. But the problem is managing your weight needs a long-term solution. And that's what makes Noom different. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight today and in the future. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. 
Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Fast, I, I know you want to be the one that does the ad, but if you do it at 17, I feel like that's kind of cheating. Rug. Um uh, we also, I forgot, I totally forgot to do this. It just popped up as I was looking at my notes here. We got to shout out uh, Bitball at Bitball. Games, oh my God. At yes. Bitball Game, I believe. That's this at is the G A M E. Yeah, we got a Go tweet. Ahead. We got a tweet mm-hmm. from these guys. And um, Fast put out this great thing about, you know, Super Baseball 2020. I remember looking at the boxes of that, you know, in the video store. I'm like, oh man, this mm. game looks so good. I never played it and I always mm. wanted to, but you know, great game. And. Uh, and Bitball says, hey, I'm making this retro mobile baseball game. It actually looks kind of cool. And, um, and he says, can I put Pitcherless as an ad in the outfield? <laughs> and we both reply to this, absolutely. Yeah. And within yeah. an hour, it's there. It was there. It was unbelievable. Like a pixelated it Pitcherless. It so message. good. Yeah. It's right it, there it in the outfield. It's next to Aviado from Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, what is it? What was it? Corn Cob? What was it? Corn Cob TV from I Think You Should Leave, which got me so oh excited. Oh, my God. That's so good. I thought Aviado, I... too. I got mistaken. There's a very funny video on YouTube by this insane comedian named Connor O'Malley uh, about Birdfest and Aviato. And I thought it was that. It wasn't. But oh, either way. Be. It could be. No, uh, no. I reached out. He said it was your thing. You're right. It was Silicon okay. Valley. Um, I was honored. It was fantastic. Anyway, we're talking about Nick Lodolo. He, <laughs> he, man, I, it's funny. I was like uh, looking at uh, the Stuff Plus stuff because there was some article about it and looking at the Stuff Plus from Graham Ashcraft and uh, Nick Lodolo mm-hmm. and uh, who's the other one? I forget. Hunter Green. Nick, uh, Graham Ashcraft absolutely dominated tonight. Last I checked. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Um, Nick Lodolo had the lowest Stuff Plus of them and fantastic start with a career high amount of whiffs versus Pittsburgh. I was very curious to see how he was going to do against a Philadelphia team that um, kind of has struggled a little bit offensively to start the year, but obviously came alive, sadly, against Sandy Alcantara. And man, another really good start from him. Seven innings with three hits, no earned runs, two walks and 12 Ks on the road, uh, but also 106 pitches. So that's back to back starts of 100 plus pitches from Nick Lodolo. They're just letting him go. Um, ended up picking up seven whiffs on the four seamer, six whiffs on the curveball, ended up dropping down the curveball usage and actually Throwing the sinker almost 10 times, which is kind of interesting. The sinker wasn't really a pitch that he had necessarily featured predominantly. Um, he changed some of the, the, you know, some of the profile has changed a bit. He's up a little bit in terms of release height. The four-seamer added some, <clears throat> excuse me, added some carry to it. The curveball added a little bit of movement to it as well. Um, man, I really got to enjoy what we're seeing from Nick Lodolo so far. What are you thinking about him? What's weird is appeal V doesn't like his curveball in that start. Um, said hmm. he had 33% quality pitch and 50% bad. But appeal V absolutely loves the sinker and the four seamer. Says the changeup is a better pitch, more consistently at least. Um, but I mean, yeah, Nick Lodolo's doing good things. I, I do have a worry about Lodolo's overall command, where it doesn't, uh, you watch a game of his and Kind of reminds me of the old Andrew Heaney, Sean Manaya stuff where it just kind of works. You know, there are times like fastballs come in and rarely do we feel like, oh, man, he's just messing with them and doing this and that. I mean, sure, 
sliders at times like that curveball can be really stupid and maybe it's more like Chris Sale than it is the others um, with the way that he uses that curveball which is a slider, whatever you want to call it sure but uh, it comes down and into right handers makes them look really dumb and uh, then he has this heater at uh, 93.4 41% CSW against the, the Phillies lots of them in the zone but it's not really like you look at the strike zone plot of it and it doesn't really look like it's someone that just overwhelmed. Now, he is really good at going glove side with the four-seamer. Nick Lodolo doing that is a great skill. This is the number one thing I look for from lefties is can you go inside to right-handers? He does that. Mm. I love it. And that helps the, the curveball a ton. Um, but it does feel at times that it just kind of gets away from him and does make him prone, I think, to those blow-up starts here and there. So it's only been two starts thus far. We've seen 37 whiffs from him, which is insane. And I love it. But I also think that guys like Luzardo or Freddie Peralta or Drew Rasmus are doing things that are a little bit more sustainable start to start throughout the year, especially for a younger guy, too, in Lodolo. Um, but I love it. And I have him at 27 now. Nick yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you sound like you're defending your Nick Lodolo ranking. He's at 27. He rose up 10. Like, I think you can. That's a, well, that's a very healthy place for him to be. It at. is. No, I, I, I think I'm giving just a, a small sign of caution of I'm optimistic, but it's I can see how this can go in the other direction. Uh, and there's a part of me that wanted to put Pablo Lopez above it. But I kind of feel I mean, it's why it's like tier six, like Drew Rasmus and maybe the strikeouts aren't for real. Maybe mm -hmm. Jeffrey Springs does have that lefty issue and when he faces tougher teams. Maybe Nick Lodolo's command isn't as good as these two starts have indicated and so on and so forth, right? So I wanted to really outline what the concern would be here with Lodolo. Okay, let's move on to Tier 7, 30 through 38. George Kirby, Logan Webb coming in at 32 is Hunter Green. Joe Ryan, Logan Gilbert, Reed Detmers, 36 is Lance Lynn. Blake Snell and rounding out the tier is Dustin May. What's it called and why is it called that? <laughs> Um, this is the waiter reading off the specials as you sit there nodding your head, knowing you're sure well not ordering any of it, mm. oh. you know, but they, <laughs> okay. they sound really nice. And it's like, maybe you look at it, you know, you look at the person you're with like, oh, well, I don't know. Well, and then you go, how much does that cost to go? Oh, oh, it's $29. Oh, okay. And mm. you don't really get it like, oh, maybe some other time, but you know, maybe this will be the thing for me. Um, I mean, they're all in red this week and they all have negative aspects. I say maybe for like one guy or two guys in here. Um, I, I feel a little bit worse about each of them. Okay. Now, I, I got to start with the not moving of Reed Detmers. I mean, if we're going to talk <laughs> about Lazardo, then we're going to talk about Reed Detmers. So sure. the, the first start I can understand at Seattle, four and two thirds, two earned runs, three total runs, three walks, seven Ks, but... 10, 10 whiffs, you know, 33% CSW, fine. Toronto, yeah, I know he makes it through a, a good amount of the game, pretty unscathed, but then falls apart with five innings, uh, over five innings, four earned runs, five total, mm -hmm. two walks, just five Ks, and a 26% CSW, again, 11 whiffs. And it's not like things are going to get easier for him. He's going to face the Red Sox next, um, with then probably the Yankees. Uh, so I, I don't know how... So Reed Detmer's not moving at all talk me through it a few things one schedule not a thing at this point hmm. um this is about the long-term assessment you're not dropping these guys so am i thrilled that he's getting the red sox and he's x no but we're not dropping him through that um in my view i i feel these you know this tier is like hey you're in this for the long haul let's let's stick through that um 
Second, uh, against the Toronto game, I mean the Toronto game, I, we were feeling great through five. Mm. Uh, and then the sixth inning, uh, he gets 0-2 on Springer, walks him, gets 0-2 on Bichette, throws a low change up out of the zone, which is really nice. Bichette gets the bottom of the bat on it and squeaks through where the shortstop normally would be for a single. He hits Vlad Jr. in the toe with a curveball and then throws a stupid pitch to Matt Chapman, who takes a yard. Um Reed Detmers, to me, I think is somebody, and also uh, another point, actually, before I even get to that, is you look at Tier 7, Kirby, Webb, Green, Ryan, Gilbert. Um, those are guys I feel better about than Reed mm-hmm. Detmers. I definitely mm-hmm. do. I could have actually put a tier at Detmers um, and doing Detmers, Lancel, and Blake Snell, who are all, I think, underperforming at the moment. Um, but I see greener pastures for them after two games in the year. And then there's Dustin May, who I kind of link together with these types in the in the sense that he's has the tendency to kind of dominate and go great. But then it's I don't know how finished this is quite yet. Mm. Um, and then we get into like tier eight and tier nine. And you see like, yeah, 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 these guys are better than those. So it's not really to me a question about like Detmers being at 35. It's like, should he be at like 39 um, in that view? Because really, like relatively, are there guys that you think? underneath Detmers right now that you're like absolutely Nick what are you doing no not absolutely at the moment I mean there are guys right. obviously that have promise but everyone's gonna have a little bit yeah. of doubt right them. and for me I know that I'm more excited about Detmers than I think other people are mm-hmm. um but that's because I believe this is a case where you have to believe in the development of someone um we've seen this before from from younger guys who are maybe going through a little bit of a rough patch initially but if you stick with this uh, they come through for you. And I think the skill set of Detmers does speak to success moving forward. And again, he almost got through the Jays, who are like a top five offense. Mm-hmm. He almost got through it. And it was a sure. case, I think, where the Angels should, in all, if it was a playoff game, he's out of that game. There's yeah, no way absolutely. he's going through yeah. to even allow a grand slam. But I love that they love to meet, even though it stinks for our fantasy teams, as a 23 year old in his sophomore season. I mean, really, it's sophomore and a half because he had like four games or whatever in, in 2020 or something like a glimpse uh, or 21 rather. But anyway, this is someone who needs to learn how to battle against this stuff. And the fact that they let Detmers pitch in that tough situation, he didn't get through it. Mm. But what is development without failure fast? And I see <laughs> that good. and I don't see someone up. Oh, that's who he is. He just burns us. And that's how it's going to be. No, I think we see a teachable moment. I think we see. Uh, Detmer's improving moving forward as the list is about this point moving forward not what's in the past and I believe Detmer's just gets better um, sticking with the theme of uh, guys we are excited about who gave up a grand slam Joe Ryan <laughs> um, I, this it was a very happy birthday to Zelda for Joe Ryan who went six innings with uh, four and runs five uh, excuse me three hits one walk and ten Ks uh, you know like I said Zelda just couldn't get enough of that Twins Astros game uh, that we watched during her of nap course. that day yeah she chose um, actually she was like yeah she chose yeah. what game do you want to watch she said not the Orioles because they're is it like the kicked. like the octopus choosing the football team that wins. <laughs> yeah yeah i lay out a bunch of toys and bricks and yeah. say which game now for anyone who thinks of a terrible father this was during nap time i watched this game during nap. Time. why was she up? um oh huh? no she was sleeping she was sleeping okay was okay, sleeping. okay um so this start terrible a little father. a little deceptive right a little deceptive as 14 whiffs on the four seamer for joe ryan yeah, love to see he that. left 
a pitch so middle middle <laughs> against <laughs> arguably the greatest pure hitter in baseball in Jordan Alvarez and gave up a that was I don't think it was like a monster monster shot but it was a, it was a grand slam nonetheless. I thought um, you were going to sadly Rutschman just to have fun. Oh, uh, that was a nice home run from him today. That was um, good. He looks very good. I will say this that was a little bit encouraging about Ryan. We know the four seamer is fantastic, right? There's no secrets there. It's all about what the secondaries are going to do. Nice. It was nice. It was it was a really good start aside from that one mistake, which is also why you can't just look at a box score. You need to do a little bit more deep dives there and maybe look at CSW because it's a little bit better. Uh, 41% CSW on the day. The the sweeper was a positive step forward. It was still not great, right? Just three whiffs, which is better than the one. But 36% zone rate compared to a 13% zone rate in the first. So a positive step there. Really curious to see if, you know, now that he's maybe pitching in games where the weather's a little bit warmer, as weather starts to get a little bit warmer, maybe it's a feel thing. Maybe he just needs to kind of have a few more starts with it. But I don't want to dig too deep because he only rose one, but uh, that was too nice of a transition for me to ignore. Anything you want to say on Joe Ryan before we move to the next tier? Would you be okay with Joe Ryan just having an average slider? No, I don't think so. No, no, because he had a 76% average pitch on that slider in this game. Um, <laughs> but 0% bad pitch. Yeah. You know, sometimes like we have the elite pitch, pitch in the four seam. What I say in what you needed in a repertoire is you need a fastball you can throw for strikes, which he has. You need mm-hmm. a secondary pitch you can throw for strikes, which he has. And he's a pitch that he can get whiffs with, which mm-hmm. could be the four seamer. It could be like old Brandon Woodruff. Sure. Where he has a slider and a splitter that he gets strikes with, and then the four seamer just does all the work. And that's fine with me. I- I'm okay with this. And it does open the door, like, hey, maybe that sweeper does get better over time. You know, and that <laughs> and that could even be a thing too, right? Like he has you the foundation what? of a four seamer. You know what he reminds me of? You remember the beginning of Mario 64 where you could mess with Mario's face? Or that Mario what? Party yes. minigame? The Mario I Party know where you have to reconstruct the face, yeah. Yeah, where you have to reconstruct the face. That's what I see when I see his K-Zone plot. Because in the first start, I see okay four-seamers and I see splitters where they want to be, but sliders that aren't there. And it's like, okay, the puzzle's close, but it's not quite there. And then I look at this most recent start, and I'm like, the four-seamer's there. Nice. Ooh, the sweeper's getting there, but that splitter is really not there for him right now. It's just like the pieces are there. We just have to find the right combination. And when we do, we get that glorious I'm amazed fast. I've never played Mario Party with you. Yeah, that is, you know what? I am I have too much PTSD from Mario Party. Just thinking about how much skin I lost from the center you of know my they, palm. They when you know, they had to, they actually gave you gloves if you called in. No way. Is that true? Yes, that's true. Yeah. That's unbelievable. All right, let's People move on to. playing the tug of war game uh, from Mario <laughs> yeah. Party 1. People, all these like 12-year-olds with calloused hands because of Mario yep. Party. Let's look at tier 8, 39 through 42 here. Lucas Giolito, Chris Sale, Charlie Morton, and Chris Bassett. Is this just the like send it back to cook a little more tier? What is, what is this? <laughs> I mean, that, that's perfect. Okay. Uh, no, it's actually, you don't send it back. Mm. You actually hold it and you're going like, I asked for no capers. You know? Because <laughs> you're going to eat it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Lucas Giolito, okay. you're still going to hold on to this. Chris Hill, you're going to hold on to this. Charlie Moore, you're going to hold on to this. Hey, Bassett was better in the second start. It's really that yeah. of like, we, I can't move them yet. And we just got to hope for the best after two starts. I mean, Giolito just got rocked and it was very strange. He was throwing 93. That was good. Chris Hill is more encouraging. And I, I think we have to remember that Chris Hill has not had like every five days pitching for three years. 
four years, 2019. Am I remembering that right? Yeah, Something yeah, insane about. like that. So I can understand that he might need a little bit of time to really get comfortable. Charlie Morton is a notorious slow starter. And Chris Bassett was better in that second start. So, all right, you guys have your own little mini tier of just get it together. Endure the capers, guys. The entree will come Endure. later. I love capers. A little veal piccata with capers. Big fan. Um, it, it was cracking me up. I was watching the Bassett start with the in-laws at a bar and you check Twitter after the first inning. And man, it, you would have thought that that guy had never thrown a major league pitch in his life. Twitter said he was cooked. He was done. It was yeah. over. Chris Bassett yeah. was terrible. And listen, five walks is is obviously not great. It's uh, that's not a great whip to have five walks. Actually, it's a one seventeen whip. whip. Yeah, he had a decent whip. So a one seventeen whip and a three ERA is not going to kill you. Plus, he gets the win. So we just all need to take a step back. This is his second start. I'm not saying Chris Bassett is is a solved problem, or I'm not saying he's the greatest ever. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying, take a deep breath. It's a okay. Uh, we'll, we'll see what he turns into next. Let's move on to the next tier. It's a little bit larger. Tier nine, 43 through 53. Kenta Maeda, one unfortunate inning today uh, against the White Sox, but he's at number 43. Kodai Senga, 44. Jordan Montgomery, at 45. Then Sonny Gray, Grayson Rodriguez, unranked. Here he is at 47. David Diavaldi, Alex Cobb, Hunter Brown, Brady Singer, Sean Manaya, and Marcus Stroman. What's it called? Why is it called that? This is that moment when you're with your parents and I... Uh, after you finish dessert, uh, the waiter comes over and your parents say, we didn't like it, even though it's completely gone. Oh, the, the old dad joke. My mom actually says it. Oh, uh, the old parent joke. I know. I know. <laughs> it's that moment. It's like mm. we want to eat it up, but it's actually at a point that we don't consider them all aces yet. You okay. know, so we didn't like it. Fair enough. Fair enough. So Kenta Maeda, like we said, I mean, heck of a debut against Miami with the no walks, nine Ks over five. You absolutely love to see it today. Not quite as nice, right? In that first start against Miami, we saw 17 whiffs. We saw 12 slider whiffs. We yeah. were feeling it. We're ready to take our victory laps. We told you Kenta Maeda was going to be back. And then what does we he don't do? Take five? Fast. No, we don't. Yeah, we, are. we don't. We actually genuinely don't do that quite yet. I do it um, to you and Jest. And I'm still going to yeah. wait for the apology from you for and Joe Pisapia for Jesus. Lazaro. As soon as you apologize for Reed Detmers, then yes, I'm you can apologize. Him. I am right about that one, too. Eh, not yet. Um, uh, <laughs> five total whiffs for Kenta Maeda. Four uh, on the slider alone. He had 12 in that last start um, against the White Sox, too. Uh, ugh, wasn't really pretty. Um, obviously, this ranking comes out before that. Um, just the one. It did actually. I didn't know. No, no, I knew. I was you watching did. it with them, and I, I, okay. I, I uh, it's a fun hey, guys. You gotta be there on Mondays at one p.m. Eastern time. I'm doing the list live. I, I do it for about four hours, one to five or so, and it is it is the best time. You can, you can just go to the homepage. It's gonna be there anyway. You can just watch the live stream on the homepage of Pitcher List. I, you should have seen my reaction when Kenta Maeda allowed that home run. Um, I was so upset. It was a slider right down the middle, and Hans Alberto took it out. And I felt like he was pitching really well up to that moment. He was doing great things. And, you know, am I going to really push him that far down and change things? No. I'm excited by Kenta Maeda. 
I saw two starts between. Uh, I saw his last start and this start for this ranking. And I thought, yeah, relative to all these things, I very much buy into Kenta Maeda being a very effective starter that you do not drop the entire season for a 12-teamer. So I kept him there. I'm a man. Uh, I, I Sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm happy I have this extra information. I'm going to adjust. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to adjust here. Okay. Um, the only other significant riser, we have to talk about him, is Grayson Rodriguez. Fantastic gift breakdown of his debut by Ben Palmer over on the site that you oh, guys yeah. should check out. Um, you know, obviously, I, I watched every pitch as well. And in the first inning, uh, you know, it's so funny. Try not to be reactionary. And I was very reactionary. Uh, where I, well, actually, no, I think I tempered well, I mean, the tweet. I but I just, it was a terrible first inning. Terrible. I mean, just giving up hard hits left and right, really couldn't settle. And I was like, okay, well, let's see. Let's see the was, second. Yeah. Right? Let's just see what he does. Yeah. And he did settle. He, this, you can't say this about a, a lot of guys. He did, well, he got better as the game went along. His yes. last two innings featured a majority of his whiffs for sure. However, he got better. Yeah. The slider was not there nope. at all. Mm-mm. And even scarier. Change was hung a ton. Change yeah, up was the so much. It's a the new or, yeah, was, Lance was saying that it was a it was a worse changeup. It was like a the the movement profile and everything was worse as well. Which I I honestly yeah. I, I the idea that um I don't think it's a new slot a new changeup or something. I think this is no. literally just it was worse because it was the debut, so it's not doing all the things it normally does. Yeah, uh, and that's something that I think I need to keep in mind a lot when I see oh the movement's different. On all of this, there's sometimes where it's just a day where the, the pitch isn't as good. Sure. And there's some days when, it, you know, it just feels so good and it's amazing. It's not necessarily a new pitch. It's just they've got it down consistently that day or they just have lost and it's floating out or whatever it is. I think this was a case of likely Grace Rodriguez gripping too hard and being that's what happens when you get in those adrenaline moments a lot. You, you over grip a change up and that means it doesn't come out the right way. Um, I wouldn't be surprised as an MLB debut, but the fact is he gets another start and the second start is generally better than the first. So yeah. I'm very encouraged by this. And it does seem like the Orioles, I mean, you brought him back, you brought him up for this. You think they're going to demote him in what, two weeks when Bradish returns? I don't think no. so. I mean, it's very funny. Um, some, if there's, I have a new, uh, I guess, <laughs> nemesis on Twitter who do you uh, I'm not even going to say his handle but he just loves <laughs> to do. he just he <laughs> just loves too, to kind of it's hilarious he just loves to like uh, lambast me for all my Orioles takes he says like I'm a shill for Masson and I'm like a bootlicker oh, for Oh yeah I have for, one yeah, of those yeah. that says I'm I'm a, I care about players more because of the uniform they wear Yeah yeah, yeah. it cracks me a Yankee up fan or something and I'm like I have Clark Schmidt off the list like what do you <laughs> I and I was I was just kind of talking about how considering his debut assuming he does not get lit up by the A's, which he should not, right? Do do me a favor real quick. Hold your hands up in the air so I can tell you're not going to cheat. Keep your hands by your side. Fast, you'd be able to your hands by your keyboard. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But still, put your hands by your side. Name three players in the Oakland A's lineup. Yeah, this is what I do to you. Yeah. Ramon Laureano. Yep. Uh, Seth Brown. Uh, He's on the IL, so current. (laughs) Is he really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, uh, Tony Kemp. Yep, very good. And um, hold on. <laughs> uh, Ruiz. Esther yeah, very good. Esther, Esther Ruiz, very good. Uh, you are, of course, uh, um, very familiar with their left fielder, Connor Capel. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. With, uh, with you know, uh, with, of course, Ryan Noda, their first baseman. Um, so, I guess, it, it's my first Noda I made. 
Yeah, very good. Very good. He should be able to do well against that team. However, sure, if he gets beaten up, then they are, I don't think they should, but they are justified, obviously, to be like, oh, he still needs to get a little bit more practice. Um, they have to figure out what to do. However, in my opinion, you go to a six man. You just go to a six man because mm. I, I am so excited. I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to spoil it, you but know. I'm so excited for her. You put you. I oh, because I, I agreed this, with no, you. No, no, no. You don't need to say anything more. We'll get to that. I agreed later. with you. Yeah, we'll yeah, get to that person later. Uh, is there? Oh, I always ahead, have a fun one hundred for you, fast. I always. Do. That was a good one. I was very excited by that. Is there anyone else you want to talk about in this tier before we go to the next one? Um, I mean, these are all the solid ones. These are the ones that I feel like are going to hover around number fifty through the year. Um, so could I sing us here? Jordan Montgomery, Sonny Gray just had a ton of whiffs in that game. I don't know if the, the curveball slider would be this good, but that was nice. Nathan Baldy looks like he's stable and fine. Alex Cobb does have that slider for strikes, and the thing is getting whiffs. And like things are working out there. Uh, mm-hmm. Hunter Brown looked much better. He threw like seventy percent breaking balls. He looked that good. was pretty cool. Uh, that's a much better approach than trying to go fastball heavy. Like, oh, he's the new Verlander. No, he's not. Um, he's oh, he's like Rambert. No, he's not. He's actually, if anything, most like McCullers because he doesn't want to throw his fastball, but he doesn't have the same whiffs on. It's a weird thing. He's doing his own element, and it's I kind of dig it. Um, Brady Singer is the same old Brady Singer. Like it's the mm. same guy. Mm. Like I've been saying this fast. 2021, Ooh. 2022, Brady Singer, same guy. Ooh. It's the same guy. Mm. You think the sinker is that much better? That's changing everything. The whiffs have. He's still a cherry bomb esque. The slider is not necessarily like this double digit whiff pitch every time. What what do you whimpering no, I, was just, I don't know if like, we can say anything definitively about whether a person is the same yeah, or not enough. by two starts yeah, yeah. i don't, I don't mean as a victory lap but to me so far i'm feeling mm-hmm. that's the case and i want it has to not be been wrong. super encouraging for same sure guy. that was a really poor start um sean Manaya is throwing hard baby oh baby and it does look like the giants are in fact moving on from ross stripling um very weird how they've treated him and it does look like this which is what it is, Sean Manaya, you're throwing 94 plus, and it's a better changeup because of it. And I'm so in for that. And the Marcus Stroman's just good. Like, all right, cool. You're there. So, I mean, this is the tier that of, of like, yeah, I'd be super happy having all these guys on my team. Okay. We got plenty of other guys to get to, and we're going to get to them all after this break. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Sometimes it can feel like food has an emotional control over you. Well, it's time to show your food who's boss with Noom. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. 
Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. And we're back. All right, we're looking at tier 10 here, 54 through 61. Patrick Sandoval, Kyle Wright, Garrett Whitlock, Seth Lugo, Tyler Molly, Zach Eflin, Andrew Heaney, and rounding out the tier at number 61, John Gray. What's it called and why is it called that? Hi. Um, Is it possible if I can have this, but um, but mash it with this thing over here? And then, you know, is it going to charge me much more? Is it okay? Thanks. What are you going to like a weird mashed potato restaurant where you could just at like a poutine place? Is that where you're at? You know, (laughs) it's like you have different things on whatever and you're like trying to make the perfect thing for you. You know, it'd be really good if it all just went the way that you see it. Lovely. We've got two unranked people making their debuts this week and Kyle Wright, who was dealing with an injury and Garrett Whitlock also dealing with a longer injury, but kind of making his return. Um, what are you looking at? Well, so what you, talk to me about ranking them in the mid 50s coming from uh, not being on the list. Yeah. I, so this is the part where I really think it's the cliff. Um, so that's why tier nine was definitively like, OK, I want these on my team. This is good. I feel good about it. Um, Patrick Sandoval's all this weird, like dangling moment of like, is this going to be helpful for my whip or and like or everything but my whip? And like, is it going to hurt so much because you just can't help yourself but have like a 125 to 1.3 whip all the time? Um, so I have them in between. But then Kyle Wright and Whitlock, okay, they're coming back from the IL. I don't really know what to expect this moment. I have high hopes for Whitlock throughout the year, but it's more as like a breakout year and less of like definitively from the start. So the mystery box, very interesting. I like chasing the mystery box at this point. That's the cliff. And then Kyle writes, I hope the shoulders are right. It does seem like they just wanted to uh, give him more time to be safe. So Mm. I'm actually anticipating tomorrow that he's going to throw more than like 70 pitches to be closer to like 80. Um, And that's why he's in the questionable starts here. Well, Garrett Whitlock, I imagine the Red Sox are already going to be slow with in the first place because he doesn't have as much um, experience at the big league level. So... I, but I'm excited for both of them. I hope they do well. If I, if you had to ask, I mean, if I had to be honest with you, which I always will be, I'm sorry. Mm. Whitlock to me is more intriguing. And I feel like Wright is going to disappoint a little bit more. But mm. Wright has more of a history at this point of having success. So I have him one spot above Whitlock. Okay. Um, Let's move on to the next tier because there's some really fun guys to talk about and we're, we're already uh, getting up there. Tier 11, 62 through 70. Hayden Wisniewski starts the tier. Tony Disco, Anthony Discofani at 63. Graham Ashcraft, Chris Bubich, Justin Steele, Nick Martinez, Luis Garcia, Steven Matz, and Jose Arquiti. What's it called and why is it called that? Um, This is the, uh, the person coming in and checking on you, being like, hey, it's just going to be a little bit longer. I just really sorry about that food, but you know, it's we just had a really busy day and like, you know, we're gonna sure. get there. Don't worry. Very good. Uh is that is that mostly in reference to Hayden Wisneski who struggled a little bit? Yeah, we're just waiting for a lot of this to like actually be excited. Like we want to be excited about all these, but we can't yet. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. There's so many interesting dudes to talk about in this tier. We should just go down the list. Let's start with Tony Disco. I mean, man, six and a third. (laughs) Well, I think you got to hit the nail on the head. Plus, he's only had one start, right? He's only had one, but I think a lot of people will feel like, I know, but it's the beginning of the year. You you don't want to feel like you're holding on to something while everything else gets picked up and you're just waiting for the thing that you got initially. And I want to say, like, guys, wait on this one. We actually do think this is legitimately good with his breaking ball. And I don't think his four-seamer and cutter are bad enough to say, like, he needs more. Like, this should work. So, yeah, be a little patient with Wes Nasky, but you're going to be happy that you did. You you should, you know, speaking of those guys, to pick up off the wire, Anthony Scalfani may be one of them because really great back-to-back starts against... Very yes, very nice against the White Sox in Kansas City. Um, both six uh, innings pitched, and both of them very efficient too, because seventy three pitches and then eighty eight pitches. So probably getting ramped up a little bit. Probably should be able to go ninety plus, considering uh, you know performance. Seven Ks, yeah, it's against Kansas City, but guess what? It's the Tigers next. Um, not the most amount of whiffs ever. Good amount of called strikes with that sinker, which is sitting up a tick at ninety four miles an hour. What are you seeing here from Tony Disco? Q minus BP, which is quality pitch minus bad pitch. Uh, has a sinker at 62% mm. and his uh, slider at 23%. These are incredible. Uh, we love to see this stuff. This is all PLV metrics here. And I see I see a sinker slider guy who can attack the zone well with both a sinker and slider who can just kind of be solid against weak teams moving forward. Um, every other year, Anthony Descafani does good things. 2019. He gave you a 24% K rate with a 120 whip and a sub-4 ERA. 2021, a 317 ERA with a 109 whip and a 23% K rate. And between that, that was a 7 ERA and a 6 ERA in limited time because he was hurt. Now he's healthy again. And Tony Disco, I mean, these are two starts of six innings already. Two weak offenses ahead. I want him everywhere. By now, if you're listening to this, you've already read the the SP Roundup and you know that Nick led with Bryce Elder, but across the bump was Graham Ashcraft. He goes six innings, two earned runs, three walks, and seven Ks. He picks up 11 total whiffs against you know a very, very potent Atlanta uh, offense. We see the slider. The slider was up four ticks. Is that right? There has to be some weird delineation maybe between the cutter and the slider. I don't know if Baseball Savant got that completely right. But either way, picks up, uh, like I said, 11 whiffs, 11 called strikes. Not the greatest CSW in the world, but again, it looks like there might be some Baseball Savant cleanup that needs to get done because I think the game wrapped not too long ago. Is that having you a little more encouraged of Graham Ashcraft? It does feel like it's a four-seamer with cut action and then a more cutter slider that he's throwing. Yeah. Um, Because he lost a lot of vertical break as well. Um, now there is, yeah, there is like, like the average is at 90 and then the cutters at 91 at minimum. So there is some that are getting oddly defined, but it's really hard to define between a cutter and slider. Uh, like what are you supposed to do there? Um, but I, I do like the fact that Ashcraft got the slider down and he got the cutter glove side and that's what you should be doing. The sinker needs work. The sinker is, is not consistent at the moment. It should be, it should be your, upside down imperial shuttle (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah good uh right because you want the sinker inside to righties the cutter uh inside to lefties and then the slider down right um i think ashcraft can do that this is more encouraging because i i remember watching a lot of ashcraft last year and him just not commanding well enough to get the most out of his obviously you know above average stuff of throwing 97 with a cutter and then 
uh, a 90 mile per hour slider now mm. and 97 mile per hour sinker. It's just, can he string that all together? It's good to see that he did well here. I would probably raise him a little. I'd probably put him above Wesnowski if I knew about the start beforehand. I might even want to put him in tier 10 where, you know, uh, Seth Lugo is at 57 mm. or so. Um, but it's not, it's not a, uh, I don't know. It's not a, f- what's the word I'm looking for? It's not decided yet. It's not a guarantee. It's not a lock that Ashcraft now is this insanely good pitcher. Sure. Um, I still worry about him a little bit. And he could be as good as he wants. He still pitches in great American. Yeah, sub 25, 25% CSW on the slider and cutter in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can't get through this tier without talking about the name that's kind of on everyone's lips right now, which is Chris Bubich. I mean, looks different, right? We're seeing the velo that's up. We're seeing drastically new movement profiles. We're seeing new pitches from him. I mean, I think I tweeted about this a couple of days ago, but it kind of cracks me up because I'm always deriding the Royals development team. And we should still do that because I don't think they've done any of this. I think no, all did. of those guys like went to their own institution. Some of them went to driveline. I think some of them might've gone somewhere else and now they look very different, right? So talk to me about Chris Bubich. Yeah. The other rumor that I heard was that the Royals refused to help them, their pitchers work on their sliders. <laughs> In this day and age, in this climate, that's unbelievable. Like that's 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 insane. That's unbelievable. Um, yeah. So I mean, if you guys remember the first roundup, I was like, "This is new and good." His changeup was down. He had eight whips in that first one, Bubich, and his fastball was up to ninety three point five. And mm. I, I remember saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! This is against Toronto. I know eight base runners in five innings, but like, this is a new Bubich, and this is real." <laughs> and like, this is cool. But I didn't believe it was real because how could I? We've seen Bubich before have like 92, 93 and like a game and then it goes away. I'm like, I don't I don't know. Now, he did keep a decent amount of it. It was just under 93, 92.8. So down 0.7 from that first one was Bubich's fastball. The uh, the changeup didn't get as many whiffs and it wasn't as well located. It was still good enough. It, like it, you've seen before just getting completely floated and bad. I mean, the curveball was floated and bad. Um, but it's, 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 it can be better. PLV didn't love this changeup, only a five, which is pretty average, um, of a, of a PLV. It's actually kind of interesting. It's Q quality pitch minus a bad pitch was 0%, which is like, there you go. Average. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, I uh, so Bubich, I don't think is actually on path to be ridiculously good now. Right. And I'm interested in adding him as a spec ad. Like maybe this is okay. He's got better velocity. Maybe the the changeup is is better than it was here. Maybe the new slider that he has only threw seven of them, but they graded well for us. Seventy one percent quality pitch, which is great. Um, maybe that's real in some aspect, but we need to see more before we really jump in. So I didn't I didn't go and get him off of the wire and stuff. I know a lot of people spent like some people spent like a hundred dollars. Some people spent like ten dollars or whatever. Uh, on Bubich, I I think it's a little risky right now going against Atlanta. However, if he does well against Atlanta, then there's no way like you're gonna have to fight so hard to get Bubich. Mm. And I feel like all right, you might as well add him now and then see what happens this week. Okay, um, let's move on to tier twelve here, seventy one through seventy nine. Uh, we're talking Mackenzie Gore, 
Dre Jameson, new add to the rotation with the Zach Davies injury. Tyler McGill, Johnny Brito, uh, Jameson Tyone, Michael Kopech, Matthew Boyd, Ryan Nelson at 78 and rounding out the tier at 79. Uh, Domingo Herman. What's it called and why is it called that? <laughs> oh, I, I just thought of one that I'm going to use later. Um, <laughs> this is called... Um, Oh, no, no. That's the next tier. Okay. I'm planning out all the future tiers. Okay. What about for this one? I know. I know. This is bottomless brunch. I Where it feels like a good idea at the time. (laughs) But you don't know how you're going to feel tomorrow. Very good. I don't want to rabbit hole too much on this person, but don't, I don't, have you, don't look yet if you haven't. Have you seen Domingo Herman's line from the night? I have not. Okay, so I'm going to tell you he got nine overall whiffs. Uh-huh. Okay, how many strikeouts do you think Domingo Herman got with nine overall whiffs? So I mean, I'm I'm going to be facetious because mm-hmm. considering he's a curveball guy, you can get by, you can get more strikeouts looking than your average like slider guy. So I'm going to say he got seven strikeouts. Seven strikeouts. Okay, great. Uh, Domingo Herman's final line tonight: three Zero. innings pitched, one earned <laughs> run, five walks, and no Ks. Yeah, there you go. That's no. pretty wild. I've, I've like never seen that. Be like a lot of strikeouts or no, or no strikeouts or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's kind of um, wild to me. It, it's why I have Johnny Brito above Domingo Herman. So let's talk about Johnny Brito because I yeah. watched his start against the Orioles, and it's it's raw. There are times where he can lose his command, but oh, if he can. If he can fix that command, man, there is Isn't some nasty. There is some Isn't nasty stuff. Yeah, there's. He some has nasty a sixty-three percent O swing so far. Yeah, think about it. That, that's insane. No, it's beautiful. Yeah, that's <laughs> unbelievable. You know, uh, he has a thirty. Right, so far he has a thirty-seven percent percent O swing on his sinker. I'm sorry, it's a sixty-three percent O swing on his changeup. But that I don't okay. care. Like that's no, yeah, no, that's the pitch matter. he's throwing a third of the time. Yeah, uh, and then the four seamer isn't good. It's, I think that's the biggest issue of of uh, of burrito. It's but not it's fast, right? It's fast. It's ninety five point six, which I know you like of all people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't get CSW, and that was a joke for your last name, fast, which you did not realize. Thank you, whatever. Thank uh, you. I appreciate it. But it allows. Um, it doesn't allow a ton of hard contact. Only twenty percent so far. Fine. Okay. But the changeup, changeup is so good, man. Seventy three percent strike rate with a sixty three percent O swing thus far is so beautiful. Um, and that's all he does. And the thing is, if Brito gets a breaking ball that he really likes, and he has this curveball, it, it gets some strikes. He throws it early, is my understanding. Uh, yeah, eighty percent early percentage. Um, but uh, if he gets like one that gets whiffs to actually pair up with that changeup, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, that'd be that'd be something else. I I think the Yankees need a pitcher like this. Mm. You know, there's a lot of hoopla about like all the strikeouts all the time and stuff. And Burrito to me is like, nah, man, I'm just gonna get like a twenty to twenty two percent K rate, and I don't know, like I'm gonna just get outs a lot. <laughs> I'm gonna be more trying to be an efficient pitcher. I think he can be that, um, and I really hope they give him a chance, especially with Herman tonight. Now this is great. I know it's not good. I want every pitcher to be dope, but like Herman isn't excelling. Clark Schmidt isn't excelling. And here's Brito, who's just like, yeah, I'll go five, six innings. And sure, it's not going to be a ton of strikeouts, but like two, three runs. And that's kind of cool. 
yeah yeah with you i was i was very impressed watching him i was like man that this was he was he was just get that command a little bit more sharp and there could be something really nice for him i mean um, look at look we, at the pitch we, separation of this change-ups are all going uh glove side four seamers are all going upstairs he's sneaking in curveballs and and sinkers into the zone like it's it's gonna work i feel like give him some time and he's gonna do this i mean there's a reason why they went with him instead of someone else you know so uh interesting stuff there interesting stuff we for is there anyone real quick you want to mention in this tier before we move on to the final three tiers? i know we, we we might go a little bit long on this one i apologize do not ignore Mackenzie gore he's going mm-hmm. against he, he's got a good fastball so far good breaking stuff like i am so curious to see i believe it's cores now um maybe it'd be like tonight i can't remember i but Mackenzie gore i think has opportunity to impress everybody and it might be like the post hype moment for Mackenzie gore i'm sorry he rewent of course i apologize this was he went, yeah, he's, this was on friday yeah. and he did yeah. well um i know he has another bad start like the whole national team has these bad starts um but Mackenzie gore keep an eye on him he might be the guy to pick up now as he goes through the gauntlet but like outside of it he might be good dre jameson i'm okay about it um he's fine he's fine that's it that's it there Tyler mcgill fine Jameson Tyone is going to get better, I think, as he gets more comfortable with the new sweeper and the the curveball. Michael Kopech, I don't trust him at all. <laughs> but fine, maybe it is him getting better from the knee injury. Matthew Boyd dropped his velocity and only had two whiffs on the slider, and that's really annoying. Ryan Nelson does not have his secondaries whatsoever, and it's mm. really frustrating. Um, so those are the rest of the guys in Tier 12. Let's move on to the next tier then. Uh, tier 13, 80 through 90, Martin Perez, Noah Syndergaard, Eduardo Rodriguez, Tyler Anderson, Kyle Gibson, Merrill Kelly, Michael Waka, Bailey Falter, Cal Quantrill, Zach Plezak at 89 and 90. Miles Michaelis, what's it called and why is it called that? This is, I'll just have some water. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, I don't want to talk about him too much. I do want to say about Kyle Gibson, one of my favorite facts of the night. Uh, he battled. He did not look good tonight. The line is not indicative of like actually how kind of tough it was for him to pitch. He just didn't have feel for his slider whatsoever. He threw 92 pitches. He got eight whiffs. Felix Bautista threw 16 pitches and got eight whiffs. <laughs> and that absolutely cracks me up. Um there's a lot of fun guys that we can talk about this tier. Uh, nice to see Martin Perez jump up a little bit because he's been able to kind of uh, uh, stick with it. I think maybe we should dedicate. I mean, you you dedicate time who you want to talk about, but I think maybe that person should be Zach Plezak. Is he bouncing back to the Plezak that we've seen before? Plezak threw 53 percent sliders. Ooh, baby, I that know that, not, and that I did that because I because of plus read podcast, your roundup, baby, yeah, and you read yeah, my roundup. Look at you! Oh my gosh, um, it's a useful thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's fun when it's like you know midnight and i can't fall asleep I, I dig it okay fair all right you're on the west coast now this is the only reason why because you're up anyway with zelda i get it now yeah. okay um the uh with plesak it is very interesting that he's throwing these sliders now and he has a good schedule and so does cal quantra that's the reason why they're really here um by the way just some fun facts for you cal mm-hmm. gibson was my stream pick today can you guess who pl bot that is our projection system Picked as their stream pick of the day today. Uh, Elder. Matt Strom. Matt Strom. Oh, my God. Talk about a computer representing its owner. Five (laughs) five innings, zero earned runs, six strikeouts, five base runners. Got the win. Wow. Okay. Unbelievable. Isn't that crazy? Like, it's it's such an interesting projection system because it's like, it it definitely is different to me. But it, it picks some things that are sometimes like really... 
And then like it gets them right. And it's just like, oh, okay. I mean, obviously it doesn't get all of them, but it's 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 a differentiator. I don't know. It's too smart. <laughs> it's different is all. Um, Bryce Elder was also was like my backup streamer today. I'm really happy that one worked out. Um, but anyway, um, talking about your boy, Kyle Gibson, he was here because, yeah, he had a decent schedule. Glad he did well here. Um, I'm happy about that. And I mean, for the rest of these guys, like they're all Tobies for the most part. Michael Walker had 10 strikeouts, six innings. Mm. And I don't believe that he deserved it. <laughs> I don't think he pitches as well as, as those 10 strikeouts suggest, but I'm glad for him. But yeah, these are all the Tobies. Like, you know what? You don't want to take chances and stuff. In some cases, you might like the guys from the 80s more than the 70s, and I don't blame you. Um, go for that. Um, but I I like grouping in my list. Theoretically, this would be like a double helix of like a, a, these two combined and intertwined. But I just prefer to group together. And so you have like the more volatile stuff in tier 12, and you have the more boring but understandable stuff in tier 13. All right, let's move on then to tier 14, 91 through 96. Trevor Rogers, Jack Flaherty, Dylan Dodd, Josiah Gray, Edward Cabrera, and 96, Alex Wood. What's it called and why is it called that? Um, This is called Check, Please. I mean, I, okay. I don't stand up. I just look at them for a long time and I do the scribble. If you don't do the scribble, I don't know what you do. What do you do? You, you must do the scribble. The check, scribble? Please. Yeah, the, yeah, the check. The, uh, yeah, I don't do the check. I do like a little scribble. Yeah, yeah. Do you just do the? Do you put up I your do hand? like the polite? Yeah, polite finger raise. If uh, I can make eye contact. Oh, I know that. Raise. I know that look from yeah. Alex Fast so well. Um, yeah, there's a little yeah, head it, up. It, it, there's no know? video here. It's just Nick and I doing I know, this to I ourselves. Know. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but amazing. yeah, this is the check, please, because it's like a lot of you are seeing the lines and what they're doing. And you're like, you want to get out. There is one exception, and that's Josiah Gray. And mm. him and, and Gore, I think they're both kind of interesting. Josiah Gray's got the new cutter, but he actually went. The cutter wasn't even the thing in the last hour. We did well in cores. That was a one to nothing game in cores, which is hilarious. Mm. Josiah Gray threw a ton of breaking balls. He threw like 30% of maybe even 25% four seamers. How do you make it so that you don't allow long balls on your four seamer? You throw a few of them and like even fewer inside the zone. <laughs> mm. So maybe that works. It's just something to think about. Um, one quick thing, you know, uh, we we prop up Lance Mostrowski a lot. Great Twitter account at Lance Braz. Interesting fact about Trevor Rogers: new sinker, seven seven inches vertical break. Um, compared to fifteen vertical break on his four seamer stuff. Plus, thinks it's a little bit better than the four seamer. Curious to see if that sinker starts to make a little bit more of an appearance uh, yeah. as as time goes on. I think Trevor Rogers is someone that we're chasing in the first half of twenty twenty one, and we kind of need to think like that's not him anymore. So we have to reset totally. And until let's he wrap up. does something that actually is great, we can't jump in. Dylan Dodd, I actually think he's going to, if he gets more starts, if he starts, if you tell me he gets 10 starts, Dylan Dodd, I actually would tell you that the final eight of them are going to be good. Or like, he'll mm. be much better after that, but I don't know if he's going to get that opportunity and it's just not really the thing you want to chase right now. Last but not least, tier 15, 97 through 100, Clevenger, Mitch Keller at 98, Bryce Elder at 99, and let's do it. The one we can talk about, Tyler Wells actually looked, I mean, sure, there was some bad pitches. I mean, Judge and Stanton like punished some pretty bad pitches from Tyler Wells, but there were some moments. I mean, he, he made his debut um, against Texas because he came in relief um, to, to kind of finish out the Kyle Bradish start. And it was nice five innings pitch with no one runs, no walks, no hits and two K's. So in his first real start of the year gets the Yankees in Baltimore, you know, 27% CSW isn't terrible, but the way that the cutter and the four seamer and the changeup all played off of one another, um, 
It was just a one whip because it was just six hits with no walks and six Ks. There was something there where I was like, oh, Tyler Wells might be a legitimate streaming option for people as the season progresses. Yeah, I hope so. I, I really do. PLV has been a fan of Tyler Wells for a bit, but wasn't actually that much of a fan of this game against the Yankees. I uh, liked his cutter more in the previous game. Um, I hope so, is what I'll say. I, I hope okay. that Tyler Wells actually is um, someone, like like an actual guy. Uh, Four-seamer mm. was elevated. Cutters got strikes. Changeup was okay. Curveball was fine. Um, got a lot of called strikes on it. Snuck it in there. Um, I hope so. He's also a guy that I will forever think is right-handed and uh, sorry, left-handed, and he's not. It is he's right-handed. Just one of those. Yeah, yeah. He just feels like Bruce Zimmerman to me, essentially. Oh, and he's not. He's uh, you know, he has that four seamer at the top of the zone. Also, I don't know how good that four seamer is. I go back and forth yeah. on it. I mean, it's getting a lot of O swing right now. Forty three percent is fantastic. You'd love to see that. Seventy percent strike rate is good, but just eleven percent swing strike rate, despite that higher O swing, is a little strange. Thirty percent hard contact thus far kind of matches exactly what it was in two thousand twenty two yeah. as well. Forty four percent hard contact on it. That is the biggest worry I think I have about uh, about Tyler Wells. You reminded me of one thing about Wells, too. That was the first thing that kind of stuck out to me. It was like, oh, he was able to elevate pretty well with that four-seamer. Yeah. And then the first judge home run, he just couldn't get it high enough, um, and he knocks it out of the park. Yeah, and judge hit there's, it. Yeah, that was a high pitch. That wasn't like... That was a high pitch. It was yeah. right at the top of the zone. Yeah. Um. So it, it, it was... It, yeah, so I was like, wow, there, there's something there. Um, always nice to end on an Oriole. But Nick, listen, baby, that's going to do it for episode number 389 I didn't give of you a theme. I didn't give you, I didn't, you didn't let me. Oh, yeah, what's the, the final theme? Fine, what's the final theme? Wrap it up. It's coffee. Do you want some coffee? And it's like, you know, sometimes like, yeah, you know what? I could use this. I could Ooh. use this right now. What a poetic way to end this. What a beautiful poetic way to end this. I got you. Um, all right. That is going to do it for episode number 389 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock. And we'll talk to you guys next week.